Hey yo, what's up everybody and welcome back to the Combat Squad podcast. I, my name is Farad, I'm here with my co-host Grady. Yup. Yup, what's up? This is what part up? seven uh, and today we have a guest. Uh, our guest is uh, John and uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about his, uh, his journey. Yeah, John, Epic. John's, a, John's a good friend of mine and Farad's both. He actually lives here near me, so... I get to see this guy all the time. Yeah. So <laughs> let's start doing it and uh, let's get into it, guys. Enjoy. Okay, guys. Hello and welcome. Welcome. I hope all you guys are good. Yo, Grady. What's up, bro? How you doing today? Hello, man. What's up? So like I said in the intro, we have our guest John <laughs> with us, a.k.a. Haval Dijoir. Dijoir. Like, what uh, up? Dijoir. Yeah. Rojbosh. Rojbosh. <laughs> I'm doing good. So before we talk to you, brother, I'm. Uh, I just have to say, uh, we want to congratulate uh, the winners of the loot raffle, the Hanima raffle. Uh, yeah. As most of you already know, you already know who won and stuff. But we said we were gonna announce it on the pod as well. So the first place was Jason Cook, C O O K E, and uh, you're the lucky winner of. Uh, I don't know if you're lucky though to win a flag like that, but I mean, yeah. You you have it. You have the opportunity <laughs> to have it's the you, flag. It's your, it, yeah, it's yours now, bro. So yeah. And uh, second up is uh, Forrester Trade CEO. You will win the ID card and a patch. Congratulations to both of you. I, I have talked to you both, and uh, we will send out everything uh, this week. We appreciate uh, all the people that uh, donated. It all went to a good cause, and. Uh, yeah. Um, we had a bunch of people who were real uh, dedicated to it, and you know, bought multiple tickets and stuff. So for you, yeah. to you guys, to you guys, we appreciate it. Um, yeah. You, you, I'm sure you know uh, what you were helping. So, um, yeah. it's a big deal. It's the deal. It's it's over now. So let's get into it. So, man, John, you know, I met John uh, in the academy. I think right, John. Like yeah. the first time he was at the academy. Yeah. Tell me a little bit, like. What were you What's doing that? before the, all this, John? Yeah, like... Mm, before I left? Yeah. I was kind of all over the place. Uh, I didn't go to college or anything. I was just kind of working and like, moving around the country with friends. And then... Uh, you moved around the country with friends? Yeah, like I... Oh, I, I didn't moved... even know that. So, well, I like moved from Colorado to Utah to, like, to uh, move in with some friends. And uh, it didn't go well at all, but I got a really nice job and like moved out with them. And then I had enough money to go to Syria. And I was like, I, yeah. after all these years, I, I didn't even know that you had lived in Utah. I don't think. Yeah. So where where in Utah were you? Uh, basically, Salt Lake City, South Jordan. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I hated it. What brought you? Like, what was the like the turning point? I know, uh, like I, I all of us, like people like us that went there and, and did our thing. There, there was always one certain special moment where before we left. You know, when your mind is in the limbo, if you're going to go or not. Hmm. But there's always one special moment there that's like, boom, fuck it. I'm leaving. I'm dropping everything. Do you remember that moment for you? Uh, no, it was kind of a bunch of moments for me. But I think I was in like a relationship and I was like going to dedicate all my time and money to like <laughs> this girl and that. And, Another thing I didn't know. <laughs> and uh, that didn't work out at all. And uh it was. It worked out. It it went horribly. Um, so I was like, "Fuck it, we're going now." Like I, I knew I wanted to do it, but I wasn't gonna, you know, do that to someone. Like leave and, and uh, 
once things started going bad, that's when you were like, I, okay, this is kind of like a sign that I need to just follow what I wanted to do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of that's kind of I've, what, what I was feeling for a moment as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true that it comes in stages as well because, of course, uh, when the Kobani thing started, I, I saw it. I wanted, I was like, oh damn, you know, I need to go, you know. Uh, but you never went there, and that was like the first step. And then he went to another one, another one, and yeah. that's how it just grows on you, you know. Yeah, very. Yeah, when I decided, so in that moment when I decided, I didn't even go that year. I wanted to, but I only had three, four thousand dollars, and maybe I could have made it, but not by much. It's kind of close. Um, and so I went to Utah to live with friends and like try and start over. And I actually got a really nice job. Didn't get a car, and like just biking to work all day or every day, and working a nice tech job. And I like I started looking at my bank account, and I was like, shit. I could do it. You you're, you thought what your bank account would be when you like knew that you were going to pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah. What was I, your what was your first step? Was it contacting whoever, or was it like were you, did you buy a ticket or what? Yeah, my first step was uh, emailing uh, the International Academy. That was back in 2016. When and that they, was still possible. Yeah, and I. Yeah, yeah, it was very different back then as well. I got a, you had to like use encryption and all this. And I, that wasn't very hard for me to figure out, but I did it all. And then, uh, and they weren't very picky on it. Like if it didn't work, they would, they would still email you. But um, I got accepted, but I didn't get to go that year. So then I moved to Utah and then I contacted them a year later once I had all this money and I could buy a gear and plane tickets. And they were like, uh, oh, we remember you. Yeah, and I was like, hey, you accepted me before. Can I still get in? And they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Damn. Uh, People don't know that. Like, they just think, oh, I want to come there, you know. But they don't know. Like, financially, it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. 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 It's it's hell, man. I'm talking like, oof, you got to be prepared to be there at least six months. You got to stay. If not, then... not, not even come home at all. You may just fucking die. So if you leave people behind you, you got to make preparations like that as well. You cannot just say, oh, I'll be back. You know, I got you. I, I leave money here for you for like six months, bro. You don't even know if you're going to come back. That's a big, <laughs> that's a big factor. And I'm sure. And also, and like, this fucked up. Then if you do make it out, you got to have, you want to have something lined up for when you get home. Because I mean, I'm sure you guys both know how fucking hard that is once you get home. Yep, it's fucking hell. Yeah, and yeah, I blew most of my money uh, waiting for Jack's funeral in Europe. Uh, like, not like your uh, after money. Yeah, well, like I, I that was to, after you left Syria. Yeah, I blew most of my money traveling through Europe, but I, I did it to the the like low down, you know, hostels and like sleeping, you know, rough. And uh, that was good, good choice though. But yeah, but the money money goes travel. fast. Yeah, and I enjoy. I had a great time both in Syria and in Europe. Uh, you went to North Pole, bro. Of course, your money's gonna go fast. I mean, <laughs> bro, you're gonna go. That's what's gonna Santa. happen. Meeting Santa is not cheap, bro. Yeah, yeah. He went to like Norway and, and like Norway and stuff, like super expensive. And I mean, UK itself. When, when we were at the funeral, yeah. everything is like super expensive as well. You know. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. So you, when was it? Was it during like spring? Right. Well, I don't remember. It was like. No, I got out in like November. Maybe, yeah. Was it? Well, yeah, that's when I got out. So I was going through like Norway and all these really great tropical places in December. <laughs> so that was what? wonderful. And then oh. the next funeral didn't happen until like February or yeah, March. But I'm talking. I'm talking about when I saw you in the academy. 
Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, so in Syria, yeah, that was April or so May. So After yeah, my birthday, so April. When exactly was it that you were getting there? Uh, I think it was that April twentieth. Yeah, April twentieth. You only do you only do your training for like three weeks. So if he's there, then it means he came that month or the month before. Yeah, and we had to sit in the safe house in Iraq for a month as well. So uh, yeah. it took me a bit. That shit. That shit is a bitch. It's like people don't know. Some there's some people that has been in safe waiting in safe houses for like three months. Mm-hmm. You know, and and. And oh yeah, bro! It's all a patience game in Syria. Mm-hmm. If you show lack of patience, they're gonna, not gonna hand you anything. They're just gonna make 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 shit worse for you. Believe me. Oh yeah, I believe it. So patience, patience is the key. If you if you can handle uh, staying at the <laughs> safe house for like a month and do the uh, training for a month, and you don't have any problems, I mean, then you kind of like starting pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you were at Safe House for like a month. Yeah. That's that's pretty okay. And I I I presume you did the walk, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is the walk? walk? Yeah, you did the walk. Oh, there's a walk. Back in the days. Is that the one you were telling me about in the other Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was different. Like 2015 was one, and it it changes all the time. So mm-hmm. one time it was like an eight hour walk. Yeah, eight hour walk. The first, the first walk was like eight hours. The second walk was like six, five and a half. And then all of a sudden it was just like 20 minutes. I was like, <laughs> when people came, I was like, how long did you walk? I was laughing because it was raining. <laughs> how long did you walk, bro? He's like, 20 minutes. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, dude, we came here. We walked in the mud for like six hours. A trip <laughs> that was supposed to take six hours kind of took like eight hours. Oh my god, so yeah, that's a lot. Bro, I, I sprayed my ankle. I was like in fucking bed in the academy for like two weeks because I couldn't walk. I mean, so the roads change all the time, you know. And mm-hmm. so, John, when I wanted to know, like, it, like, so John is a, is a member of the the infamous 223 sniper team, and he. You were you were serving alongside Jack for a long time, but when did actually like when you got? I know you weren't there with the intention, or you weren't you weren't uh, put directly into two two three. When did you like meet up with those guys? Like when did you when did you actually like get put into a unit and sent out? So I had been on the front line for maybe uh, I'd only gone on two missions, so it's it was like what missions? Like, um, like kind of just clearing missions with my my local unit it was like a half kurdish half arab uh unit of kids that were like would go out at night clear some areas and then go back yeah um and then we lost uh we lost dave um yeah and then we went back for his ceremony Um, dave dave uh i don't know if i knew he was a ex-marine guy yeah he's a really good guy man he was like shit so such a fucking good guy man mm-hmm. and he was like oh, it was a mine right it was an id right yeah it was we think it was a remote yeah. detonation because he was in the middle of a stack basically uh he, mm. he went in the room was on the first floor and then we had guys on the roof and then outside i didn't go on this mission because they split the foreigners into two different teams and this was the other team dave and uh, yeah. another and uh yeah. he just happened to be in the wrong spot on the stack and just 
got the explosive. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes those those IEDs could have a delay as well because yeah. they 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 could be meant for 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 a car or a truck, you know. Yeah. Because they they actually want it to explode when it's in the middle and stuff like that. But I mean, it's still like. Yeah, and it just goes to show you're never yeah. safe. You could be in the front or the back or the yeah. middle, and you oh, could bro. exactly. Go just the same. It's yeah. all just it's all just chance, and like it's I've heard stories. And you guys pro- could probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard stories of them rigging underneath the dust covers of AKs with bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, like on the walls where we, where your laptops, where you light the switch on the like to turn on a light and stuff on the walls. And that's bro, one of I the mean... things. That's one of the things about ISIS that I've heard is is that they are like excellent bomb builders. And with the Taliban and shit, fuck yeah, they didn't bro. have yeah, like, yeah. like fighting the the US. The US didn't have problems finding Taliban bombs or whatever in Afghanistan. Like they didn't find bombs yeah. that small. Like they didn't have capabilities of making that little to where they could fit into a dust cover and Oxus like figured that out. No, 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 no. You name it, they can do it. They they and they it's their area and everything. I mean, it was it's it's fucking hell, bro. Like the IEDs and stuff, it's it's crazy, bro. It's and it's not like it's amateur hour here. We're talking about like they're pretty fucking good. They they even made like uh, fake rocks that they literally took took time to disguise a IED that it would look like a rock. Mm-hmm. They they they, I mean, I think they uh... they actually yeah some of the things they did actually gave ideas to to our locals to do the same. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah 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 straight up like for sure. I think a lot of the situation was logistical, like if we're comparing it to Afghanistan or Iraq, like 10 years ago, I think there's probably a lot more parts, uh, especially like, you know, Chinese electrical components and all that kind of stuff that you can get your hands on versus, you know, back in the day in Afghanistan, maybe. I mean, that's not, I don't know for sure, but yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, once we close all roads, in and out to Turkey and, and other borders to Iraq and stuff and surrounded them, they was pretty much over. Yeah, you're kind of right. It was, uh, there was every day they were like losing gear and, and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So they had at the game. end, it just got less and less. Yeah, Turkey, I'd say, the, I, I remember there were a bunch of uh, stoves that they found that they packed TNT into from Turkey. Like they just buy them in bulk. Just buy a bunch of stoves in bulk. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And so you, so you fucking uh, met up with uh, you. You were on this uh, local unit, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys lost Dave. Yeah, and Dave Taylor. I was trying Dave to Taylor. remember his name. Uh, yeah, and uh, and so we went back to go to the ceremony for Dave. Uh, they told us there wouldn't be one, and they send us back, and then we find out there will be one, so we go back again. It's such a cluster. Um, yeah. And it's, it's far, man. It's a far yeah, away. Yeah, it's like a six-hour drive in the heat. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Um, and so then we finally get, we make it by the hair of our chin and had to use, like, a local taxi, and the academy's like, oh, why'd you get a taxi? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Do you have money for the taxi? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. so we barely make it by hours we hadn't even slept and we got we get to the the early morning uh ceremony and put him on a ambulance to go across to iraq um but then when i got back um the you know a lot of other volunteers were shaken up and didn't know if they wanted to be in a combat environment or kind of do medical work because it was so okay necessary. so violence in war <laughs> well, yeah i mean 
I don't. I think that especially the urban environment made it made it especially scary for a lot of people. I mean, it it fucking is, and this is their town, and I mean, what town they, was this? They, again? Raqqa. Oh, bro, you're this was, about your first this was Raqqa, bro. Yeah, my first this mission was a city. Oh shit. Yeah, and this was a city for like a million people, bro. I'm telling you, it's, it's just okay. fucking crazy. So they have tunnels, like you don't even know where the tunnels come from. Bro. And so all of our that's a detail there that I wasn't even aware of that your first missions were. So everybody knows that Raqqa was the the main strong one of the main strongholds for ISIS, and so your first couple missions were sent straight into into the city. Yeah, and it was a it was the ISIS capital. I mean, they didn't defend it as much as like Mosul, I don't think, but you know symbolically oh. it was their capital um yeah i mean in raqqa they could they could still flee south mm-hmm. but when the iraqi army and Kashmir got surrounded Mosul, they couldn't go anywhere yeah true they had to um, fight so hard. that was they were kind of different yeah um, it was different so so i'll just talk about um all of us volunteers we came in like a dozen of us new guys um, and we all, you know, some of us wanted to fight. Some of us were there, you know, s- some wanted to do medical stuff. It wasn't all just a bunch of gung ho, like, let's go, you know, yeah. for op motherfuckers. Like, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's go see some ISIS. Um, and, but, but basically we all got sent to Raqqa. <laughs> like yeah, everybody we all got put into groups and put in but combat. What, like for real, y'all, yeah, what were you expecting? That was like literally the only operation and that's the only thing going on. Of course, yeah. you, they would send everybody to Raqqa. You were volunteering for YPG, you know, the, mm-hmm. and I think what the fuck you want to do. I, when I went out, I wasn't even sure I would get to go on operation. Like I, I didn't think, I didn't know what the situation was. Um, I wanted to, but I thought maybe I'd be in the desert with an SKS or some, you know, old piece of shit and not see anything. Yeah. Um, which in some people, they did have that experience. Um, Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh believe me. We have. But yours, oh yours safe to say you got sent to rocket and that's not how it went. Yeah. And a lot of people got sent to rock. And I think a lot of people weren't ready for, you know, urban warfare. Uh, they, they got sent. Well, because it's all, I mean, even with, with like my, my friend Jordan and stuff and Farad's friend Jordan, I don't know if you ever had the chance to meet him or not, but he, uh, he, he, his whole time fighting there, I think was mostly, it was mostly out in the fields and shit, right? Farad? And then, yeah, uh, we were, we were most out in the villages then. But I mean, Jordan was killed in Manbije, which was a city. But like that was that was later on in his time there. So I think like all the urban stuff was just starting to kick up when you. No, I mean the first city for all of us was uh, Shadadi, like the big city. The first big city was uh, was Shadadi, and and uh, uh, Jordan was in a whole operation as well, oh, okay. I think, and that was kind of a city city as well. But it, you know, not a city, but it's like smaller you know bigger town you know they have these kind of weird things in syria they have like a smaller village but then they have like flash you know something and then they have a city slash and you're like what the fuck you don't even know you know there's a mud house next to a flashy house yeah. it's just, <laughs> you know yeah. so but that that was like man beach and El Shadadi what and i was Akka. saying was is pretty... is that it's probably safe to say that most of the volunteers weren't to they weren't expecting to be sent into like raqqa is a major city like it's a city mm-hmm. yeah so one million yeah. people i expected to be in the desert shooting like thousands of meters away you know where all the no. all the videos were of people like you know standing in the open shooting PKMs like 
you know, these long sniper fights and, and Dushka truck fights. Uh, that's what I, you well, know, that's what I mostly uh, expected. And Rocco, Urban Warfare was not like that at all. Urban Warfare is, is I'm not, I'm, I'm, I cannot say, oh, this is better than that because it's both war, but I, I, I was the guy I preferred Urban Warfare so much more, so mm -hmm. much more than, well, it's less boring. Like an o open village. No, it's not about less boredom. It's, it's more of, you know, where your training really kicks in and, and it's like, everything really like it's the same thing everywhere of it's course. almost Situation like a, let's wins, just get this course. over with if it's going to happen it's going to happen otherwise let's go kick ass sort of thing it's easier to it's harder but easier to find them you don't have to cross a really big open space mm -hmm. so it's more of where i know that if me and my unit is is really good together where it's much better for everybody and it goes slower the operations, but I like it more. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It's too much IEDs in the open terrain and and the fields and and out on the villages. You can it, it's harder to trust people, you know. So in the cities they all leave when you come, but I mean in the villages they don't leave anywhere. The people that live in the villages they just stay there. They never leave. They don't care who you are. They stay there, so you don't even know who they are. So many times we have we have. Uh, crossed villages and went to a fight and came back and then all of a sudden we we have been like ambushed or started uh, like exchanging fire from a village where it was just friendly people when we got before we got to the city mm -hmm. so it's, it's pretty fucking weird you yeah know? It's, yeah so the situation is like in in rock as most know it's, it's pretty fucked up i mean how how was it like you met up with Jack and them, and they said, like, yeah, yo, you know, pretty-looking motherfucker, join our unit, bro. <laughs> yeah, you got you the know? best hair out of all of us. If, if any of you guys haven't seen, we're going to post up a photo of John after this. Don't worry. We got a good one. Mm. And <laughs> I don't have any, I don't have any uh, hair. Yeah. Just to say, we got both, both these dudes got hair for days. We, I ain't got we shit. We got a baldy. We got Farad baldy, and then John's got, like, John Stamos hair with a bandana on. <laughs> and it's fucking brilliant. So when did yeah when did I want to know when did you meet up with uh, two two three? So after I love my bald head. Fuck you. <laughs> after we came back, yeah. from, uh, you got enough hair on your chin to make up for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, after we came back from uh, the ceremony for Dave, um, some some guys were looking at going into a medical unit with Gian, um and Dilan, um, the two girls that were basically providing all the medical support for our entire side of the battlefield. Um, really good people. At the, you know, the close frontline medical support. We had a, a yeah. hospital, if you could call it that, in the back line, but you had to drive, you know, three clicks back to get to it. And people were bleeding out on the way. So a bunch of guys started looking at doing that. And then our guest spoke to me and said, hey, we need a fourth guy. We want you on our team. And they I were just our... there or what? Well, How did you like yeah. know our I saw our guest came to one of our little block parties <laughs> um, that our, like, <laughs> our units would throw like a block party like every night because they're a bunch of 18 year old, you know, Kurdish kids. <laughs> and they like Just get the, the stereo out and get the uh, who's that Warney Warney yeah, guy. Oh, that's Omar. Suleiman. Omar. Suleiman. And he's slick as well. They'd always be playing him or someone else. And uh, and our guest was sitting out one one twilight evening, um, and we uh, and he was like, "Hey, uh, I want you for this group." And that was actually before we went back for Dave's ceremony. This 
And so I was like, yeah, I want to join, but I have to do this first. So once I did that, uh, we talked again and he said, okay, well, I'll have Jack come pick you up and we'll talk to your commander and all that. Um, Jack is Jack Holmes, legendary fucking sniper. Yeah. He, he was the leader of this, of this unit, right? Yeah. At the time he, he was a leader. Um, he had been in 223 before and it's other iteration, uh, as it's had a couple, uh, but 223 before was not just a sniper unit. 223 before was a bigger unit. It was a regular unit, a big unit with like 15 guys mm -hmm. and internationals. So this was a, a smaller unit created by an old member of the 223, the old 223. Yeah, so our guest and Jack created another 223, and they both had sniper exactly. rifles. Uh, and they both knew commanders mm -hmm. and knew a little Kurdish, and they could move around a little easier than most volunteers, uh, which is the hard part. A lot of internationals don't yeah, get to fight yeah. enough or they you know they're just subject to which way the wind blows and which way the commanders want them to go so yeah uh, and they get so angry at us yeah. and so just because we get to do the fun shit so jack uh <laughs> eventually the day, the day comes where jack just comes up to the to the nocta the position where my unit was um yeah and he's like all right do you have your shit together let's go and i was like yeah i've got it um and then was Jack super cool to you from the start or did he kind of just treat you like the new guy? Mm, at the very beginning, when I first saw Jack, he, he had this like kind of commanding presence, kind of like someone yeah. with confidence and like, it wasn't like any of the other volunteers. We'd all like, Oh, thank you. No, oh, we, no, thank you. No, uh, we had just got back, bro. We had just got back from the front. We were salty as fuck. Jack yeah. was a fucking, and he was an OG. I mean, and all, even all the Kurds respected him and, Shit. Yeah. He was like everybody looked yeah. up to him. He spoke Kurdish, man. Of course, <laughs> he's been fighting there for so long. It's slick. Um, when I, I when I first saw him at the academy, I didn't even really talk to him or go or shake. Like I made, might have shaken his hand, but everyone was trying to get pictures with him. Uh, you know, he was like a little celebrity at the yeah. between the yeah. Yeah. So I didn't want to bother him with all that shit and just be one of those guys. So I just kind of let him do his thing, and he hung out with Farad. And, uh, took off basically for another for Raqqa not too long after um, but then when I saw him in Raqqa he was kind of like had a different demeanor on like he knew how to deal with people especially yeah. like stubborn people like Arabs and Kurds and young guys who are like you. 16 and think they're hot shit yep you. And, he, and so he's he'd be like hey where's your commander hey we're taking this guy hey well and just kind of like controlling the situation and everyone of course no one has any answers and everyone's all flustered and uh i don't know uh, tomorrow <laughs> you have a note you have a note yeah, yeah you have a note yeah and then basically <laughs> i don't even remember if we like finalized it with the command or maybe he just spoke to the commander on the radio and he was like hey i'm taking this guy and like he had to do a little translation and then there's then i just got into a truck with robin and jack and Argesh. but i want to know why you like why like what was he just like that you were the new white boy or like what was no it? so i got i got a he had a, he had a, he had a nice looking camel bro. <laughs> you got so nice I, nice gear and nice hair bro honestly no come on he he, he just said that he talked to him before <laughs> well <laughs> the thing was uh, i got referred by argesh and robin and yeah. Robin was the, you know, German sniper. Yeah, he's a sniper. And yes. I would, I'd spot for him, like, and I had, I brought binoculars and like all these things. I didn't want to be in the desert and like be using iron sights and not know where, you know, not be able to identify yeah. anything. So I had binoculars, I had a rangefinder and all these things. And I knew a little bit about shooting more than most, you know, Europeans, Irishmen and whatever. Yeah. 
Um, so I could, I could help spot and I could do all these things. And I knew a little bit about sniping and not about sniping, but you know, long distance shooting and shooting yeah. in general. Um, and we're, Mar our, we're Americans, man. We grew up with this. We're shit. Americans. And, and, uh, <laughs> and so I had a little, I, I knew a little bit about, you know, sniping. And so Argesh and, and Robin, uh, vouched for me to, to come on the team and they needed a fourth guy and everyone else was kind of, you know, they either, even if they were good, they didn't have binoculars or they didn't have camo or, you know. Did they, did they lose somebody? Yeah, I know. It's always, it's always something missing, bro. It's, it's so hard. Did yeah. they lose somebody or were you just, shit. or did they just, were they in the, were they forming the first iteration of this? They were unit? forming it. So it was Jack and Argesh and then Argesh grabbed Robin because he had a sniper rifle. Yeah. And then they had a, and then Argesh got a new okay. rifle. And so like, he got like a Mosin for free, 1942 you know, Russian Mosin with the original glass. Um, and then he got an SVD. And so he's going to have a spare rifle. And so he goes, okay, now we can get four guys. Um, and then that's where your legendary, uh, John is, John is the, is the gunner of the Mosin, huh? Yeah. Well, I owned, a, I owned a Mosin nice. back home because it's like the cheapest to get into owning a gun. <laughs> I bought a Mosin. I think I bought a Mosin when I turned 18. I think I bought it for like $200 or something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I got mine for like 170 I never had a Mosin in battle and shit, but I tried it. I kind of like it. Man. They're they're strong rifles. The thing I like them more than the yeah. SVD. I have a lot of complaints about the SVD. We can uh, get into those. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I know this sounds weird, but w w when they asked me if I oh you you gonna go snipers with Jack, what do you want? You want the you know the the Russian? They call it the Russian uh, SVD. Oh, you want the Russian or you, you want the M16? I was like, nah, I think I take the M16. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't I don't feel like, okay. It's a bigger bullet and all that, you know, SVD. But I'm just like, no, I think I, I take the M16. Mm -hmm. I'm good with that. You know? It's a little bit, I don't know, bro. It's a little bit shady out there. You, you get, mean? You get some not, weird rifles. Well, yeah, and John's other rifle didn't work. They're not new. They're not fucking oh, yeah. new, dude. You know, yeah, the it's not an AK where I can just yeah go change shit on it because you don't find because the the people there is like, oh, I'm a sniper, so he he walks around with an M16. Mm -hmm. So if there's a sniper unit coming, you of five people, you you if you're lucky, you probably see one guy with an SVD. Yeah, but all of those guns have been yeah. sitting around out there for like thirty years. But yeah, like John, you had you had the Mosin. Argash gave you that Mosin, and then you had a pretty yeah. a pretty quirky AK too, right? Yep, I had a Serbian uh, AK Zastava. Zastava, yeah, it's my. It, it, it only worked in semi. Yeah, mine only worked in semi. It would work in automatic what? for two rounds, and then it would, what? and then I had to eject. Uh, and then oh it would shoot God. another two rounds and then have you manually eject again. <laughs> that was so annoying. Everybody kept saying, oh, don't take the Serbian. I was like, why? It's like, oh, you know, you, you can't shoot auto. He's always jams. Bro, I never, never had that issue. And I, I always had the Zastava, bro. Someone always. told me it I was loved a it. firing pin issue. But, you know, I cleaned that bolt. I don't know if I took... I want to say I was there for fucking four months with the gun in the combat. I'm sure I took the firing pin out and cleaned it. I don't know what the issue was. Yeah, but I had good shit with me, though, to be honest. I, I always had, like, good lube and, and good, like, cleaning tools and kits. I, and that was the, one of the things I always kept safe with me. And I always had, like, uh, what do you call that spray? I forgot. GW40. Yeah, exactly. And that was available in Syria. So I always had stuff like that. And every morning I cleaned that weapon because everybody kept saying, oh, if you don't clean that 
Serbian AK, it would jam up on you. And I was always in fucked up situation. I was like, damn, if this shit jams up on me now, I will fucking die. Yeah. So I kept cleaning them all the time. But you know, to be honest, but it never happened. Thank God. Yeah. Not on auto, nothing. Yeah, and auto is kind of like it's useful. I would use it for like a room, like room to room. But I, like, once you get past about forty meters. 30 meters yeah. it's kind of useless to full especially a big akm caliber yeah but the 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 serbian uh the zaslava uh the e it's called the zaslava e 501 or something uh the automatic on it is like beautiful bro it's like i just love it it's got that dude the ak it, cycle it, oof i shot an ak i love I it i shot an ak so out here i mean you know the the america's round is the is the 223 or the 556 so we there's a lot of those out here and i shoot ar-15s all the time and i shot an ak the other day and dude that, that cycle i could see that getting real addicting it made me want an ak really bad it it's is like get that it is that click yeah i mean they put it in front of me and it's like okay you want this oh farad this is like a russian ak and i'm looking at it i'm like oh you know why would i want okay it's reliable i can't say that i can't argue with that it's like a 35 years old fucking ak this is a brand new AK rifles, brand new pins, brand new. Everything is brand new. Why would I take that weapon? It's like it doesn't. It didn't make any sense. It to me. Sense. Then I just got stuck. I got yeah. I got stuck to it. I got stuck to it. I was like, he always kept me safe. He has a folding stock. He has a Picatinny rails on the gas tube and under it. You know, I was like, he had like the night sights front and back. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I don't need anything else, man. Fuck that shit. If you can't clean your weapon and keep it clean, I mean, then. You shouldn't have a weapon. Maybe. Meanwhile, John's John's getting this 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 old 1942 Mosin from Argesh. Yeah. So that was kind of yeah. his welcome to the unit was giving you the. Yep. That's pretty dope. I, I like that rifle. I had I had one, yeah. and I knew how they worked. And they it's basically an artillery piece in a piece in wood. <laughs> like <laughs> the barrel is so thick, you're never gonna have a problem. You could stab someone with it. Fucking use it to climb up a building, like do pull-ups on it. It shoots the 7.6254. Yes. Uh, So it's the same as the SVD and the PKM. So there's plenty of ammo everywhere for it. Uh, And you're never going to have a a jam, really. Like maybe you have to kick it, but other than that, um, it's just a really solid rifle. And since the barrel is so thick, it retains its accuracy. It's not going to heat up and change. Like an SVD. Well, you're was probably it, not. Was, be was it like a modern scope on it? No, it was original scope, World War II scope. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, the little uh, PU or whatever they call it. So sorry, Grady. So, what were you saying, bro? I was just, I was just saying, like it's, it's just, it's so crazy. This guy had this, this '40s Mosin, and you're like, like <laughs> shooting ISIS with it and shit. But they give you that, and and so that's when you finally hop in a vehicle and roll off with the two. Well, I got in before that. So before Argesh even got his new rifle, I was in the team. Oh, okay. And then he was like, yeah, I would talk to the commander. I'm going to get an SVD, and then you can take the Mosin. Um, and so oh, I'm going to call. Let me close this. <laughs> hey. Sorry. Hey, I'm busy. You're like, hey, I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't you fucking bother me. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, we left, and then Argesh got his gun, and then I got the Mosin, and uh i like i guess you pretty much set it up already it had medical tape all around it to make it khaki um your faith you can't change the scope i mean you can i i re-zeroed it like an idiot because i didn't understand i couldn't see the tick mark to the zero to the you know yeah 
the range. And I thought there's, so there's a piece of metal that sticks out and I thought that was a tick mark. And then I realized that I had set it up all wrong. Because <laughs> it's just old and weathered and you can't see that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I got it back. I mean, and the iron what's the distance of those, on those scopes? Like it's like 800. Right? Yeah. Something like that to on their max six yeah. to eight, which is funny because yeah. some of the AKs are like, out to a thousand on the on the leaves. Yeah, but that doesn't work. That's just for dick measurement. <laughs> dick measurement. I try. We try that shit. So I mean, it must be like a, a fucking change. I mean, going from you know where you were and then just you you went through all of this and this is like all of this probably happened within a month, right? A month and a half where you went to the funeral and went back and forward yeah. and then you like kind of joined, joined like a month after your training, of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, that was all the first month. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and then you all of a sudden in, in fucking rock up. So like I, have, if, if, I have, a, I have, that's crazy. I have a cliche question uh -huh. uh, that I want to know. Um, and so you get to Raqqa and you're, your small town Colorado boy, what was your first contact like? And like, what, what fucking, what went through your head? Was it like a, did you have any moments of panic or were you just kind of like level-headed from the beginning? Um, so I think I'm probably more level-headed than most people. Like when I read about like psychological effects of like combat on people and like, that's you one know, thing you've always told me is that you, you've always been kind of luckily is you've always been good and you don't really like suffer like nightmares or anything too much is that yeah. still true yeah that's still true um and you know i'm lucky in that way and maybe i'm desensitized or i don't know what or it'll hit me you know 20 years down the line but um first contact was uh nighttime and you couldn't see anything or identify anyone because it's pitch black and you're just watching airstrikes go off in the distance um and basically you know watching the street below you uh, maybe, yeah but it ended up me and another volunteer, Ali, drinking Pepsi on the top of a roof while uh, a mosque of ca a weapons cache in a mosque was like popping off. So <laughs> we were like watching the fire on a rooftop, sitting down, all relaxed. It was his birthday, and we're drinking all Pepsi. romantic. Yeah. Did you guys kiss? No. <laughs> he on. would never tell us. <laughs> no, of course not. We held hands with the uh, Arab kids. <laughs> it was his birthday as well. Yeah, this was like twenty first birthday, and I made a little video. And he's on. nice. So that was like the attack happened that night. Yeah, and our first two missions were at night, and that was kind of the mo. And then when I joined two two three, they were like, "What the fuck are we going to do at night? If you don't have a thermal scope, you can't see anything." Um, yeah. So. Uh, we started going on day missions after that. Uh, or that I, I noticed that I I never put that together. I always I always see in your photos. I've never seen any of them at night. But nobody takes pictures during the night. Bro. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. Like it looks like you're always like <laughs> like it looked like you're always out doing shit during the day. Yeah. Like I have I have so much videos from the night that that really fucked up shit happens, but you can't see anything. You just hear us, bro, bro. <laughs> Everybody's like panicking, but you can't see anything. Yeah. But we usually did, bro, only during the night, and we did something the day in being, the villages. But man, that's what being in combat. We were unlucky. That's what being in combat with Farad is like, bro, bro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, you don't even know. I said some crazy shit. You should just see my GoPro footage, bro. You can hear me sometimes. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you uh, doing? I, Get you, what heard, the fuck are you I doing? I heard in that one video when, when you guys were pinned down in Derrizor and you're like, you're yeah. like, get shoot the fucking Dixie. And he's like, I am. I heard somebody go, I am. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, yeah, I remember. I was like, use your fucking weapon. Yeah. He's like, I am. And he wasn't even shooting, some bro. Some he some was just looking. Yeah, this poor guy, bro. And that, he, he was unlucky as well. That was his first fucking thing. And he got sent into fucking, like, a hajin and, and, and out in the desert living in a tent, bro. That shit is so fucked up. That's why I prefer the fucking urban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a night vision, actually, to start that I bought off of. That is, yeah. What kind of night What do you mean? What kind of night vision? It was like Iraq War 2008 era. I think they're like PBS 7, I think is the Was it the single? Was it the single tube or the double? Yeah, it was the two to one yeah. little tube. Oh, so it was like, so it's the, the one that you put over both eyes, but it goes into one tube. It's not just yeah. one single. Yeah, that was yeah. old school. That's even older than 2008. That's yeah, like some and, 90s shit. It's like the Cyclone stuff. And uh, but they worked. I mean, and we I take them out and take a few videos at night. So on my Instagram, like some of my first videos are like nighttime videos. Um, you were filming the other day, AC one thirty hitting the shit out of that house too. Instagram yeah. at Duttenhofer. <laughs> Duttenhoff. I mean, no ER. Duttenho- oh shit, <laughs> bro. Like he's one I I would go crazy sometimes during the nights when the commanders would. would would literally bring us in and me and Jack and they'd be like, yo, you know, we, we need snipers here. And I was like, eh, okay, but uh, if you're sending us to in the night, we need fucking the thermal. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'll go to the unit. We're going to fix the thermal. They have one. And we go there and like in, in, in fucking devil's butthole, bro. And you go there and this this dude, nobody has a hit. They're like, what? You're a sniper unit. You're supposed to have the thermal with you. I was like, oh my We don't God. have the thermal. Like, yeah, they said you had a thermal. Why would we have a thermal? We got a sniper unit. I was like, why? But you out there in the dark, right? You should have something. But it's just not enough to pass it around to everybody. It's not that they don't want to give anybody. It's just that there's not enough. Yeah, you know. So without it, it's it's we're pretty fucking useless being a sniper yeah. unit. Then you just take out your fucking rifle. You fuck that. But we we they gave us one. You know, after a while they get it. They understood it. We. You know, mm-hmm. we were very stubborn, me and Jack. We were like, fuck that. We cannot do anything. Why are we going to go? No bet. Uh, the night guard, when, when they have enough guys to do an hour each, why would we go up there? Because we can't do anything special. We can't look through the thermals. Our scopes are useless. Yeah, you it's can't use a scope dark. in the dark. You can use iron sights. No. You can't use iron sights is better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to remove my fucking scope just to see through my iron sights. And uh, it's just, I have a rifle to, I can do that with. I mean, so... It, you know, it would just clash sometimes, but yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Damn. So yeah. So yeah. so you you were not doing any uh, nighttime missions. So your all your first ones in Raqqa with two two three were during the day. Yep. Uh, I think we only did a one or two nights uh, with thermals, and uh, wasn't there wasn't too much excitement. Yeah. When did the excitement start happening? Um. So <laughs> about the sixth mission, I went. Think I went on like eighteen, nineteen missions. Um, about the sixth one I went out on was when I actually like got to see ISIS up close or got to see them. ISIS. What, what happened? Elusive. Um, he saw him. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, I'll get into a little bit. Um, I think I might've posted this story on Instagram. Um, but I, um, we go to this building, there's a bunch of guys downstairs and apparently like, uh, it had caught in fire. And all the upstairs areas were all smoky and sooty. Um, and we talked to the commander and like, okay, we're going to go upstairs and knock some holes on the wall and like, take a look around. And so we go upstairs and do that. And we're basically the only ones up there. Um, just Who? Jack and I. Oh, okay. 
Um, and it's, yeah, it's just the two of us. So we'd go out in like pairs sometimes. And this was one of those times. So it was just Jack and I. We set up in two different bedrooms in this house that all burned down. There were, you know, it didn't burn down, but it burned. Um, and I wait for, you know, dust storms from the airstrike or whatever and knock out a hole in the room I'm in. Uh, so I can see out and there were big windows, but we didn't, you know, you don't want to stick your head in the window. Yeah, no. Yeah. Fuck that. Um, so about as soon as I like an airstrike comes and I finish this hole and it's like a nice one. Um, and I get it all set up and I take a door and I wrap it in carpet that was just laying around the house. So it could block shrapnel. And I put it underneath just in case someone shoots at me. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking out and shit's c- cracking off. Like there's a, there's a contact up ahead at the next Nocta. And these, that's when I learned that these positions are not helping each other. They're not looking at each other, defending each other's backs, making fields of fire, all that normal military shit. They're not doing it. So um, I look out the window and I'm seeing bullets hit a building. And I'm like, that is like, I know we have a friendly position here and a friendly position there. And those bullets are landing very close to our friendly positions but they weren't exactly the same building. They were like the building next to that building. And so I started looking and a bullet hits on the stairwell. And so I go, what the hell? I'll just use my binoculars and, you know, look around the stairwell. And it's only like 50 meters away from me. And I can see with my naked eye, some movement and it's someone's forehead behind cover, kind of bobbing up and down. And I can see it moving and it's not very far away from me. And I'm, and I'm clearly seeing someone. And then I go, you know, who is that? You know, and, he, and then it yeah. becomes, okay, we have to identify that before we can start shooting. Shoot it. But yeah. you, it's kind of like a, like I, what I'm, I've never been hunting, but I imagine it's pretty similar when you like, you're stalking a deer and you see one in the wild and you're like, oh shit. Um, you just kind of watch that. You just kind of like watch it <laughs> oh, for a shit. second. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that deer could be your friend in this case. So you don't want to shoot that. Um, yeah. So I pull Jack into the room and I'm like, yo, can you, can we identify this guy? Cause I don't know if he's, he could be Kessade Arab fighter with just a do rag yeah. on. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, a is a SDF local fighter. They usually come from the area we fight in. So just okay. so you know. Yeah. Um, and then as Jack, what, and I pointed out to Jack and he's got his M16 and we're both watching it and we're like, yeah, that's definitely a thing. And it's next to the building that's friendly, but it's not exactly the same building, but it's, he's literally a foot away from our friendly building. Yeah. Um, and it's a city area. So it's like, it was kind of a high rise that he was next to and he's in like a two or three story building. Um, so it was just on the other side of the wall from friendlies. So it could have been a friendly that stepped out through a hole yeah, you into never the know. next building. Um, and then he raised, like, we're both looking at him. Jack gets his scope on and the, um, and I'm like, okay, so we synchronize the shot. Should we, you know, whatever, should I record it? You know, I don't know what to do right at this moment. And then, uh, and, <laughs> should I record well, it? I mean, I mean, you don't get a cleaner shot. You should shot. keep your eyes. You should keep your eyes on the enemy, maybe, you know, instead of thinking of recording. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't even have a sniper rifle this time. So I just had an AK. So I was like, okay, well, he'll shoot and I'll like go through the wall and try and, you know, double tap him if I can. I, I bet my boy, I bet my boy shot him, right? So the guy lifts up and he's got a full t-shirt mask on, like full pirate mask, you know, fucking Somalian pirate-esque look. And we're like, that's definitely not friendly. And he's shooting towards our side. And Jack yeah. at the time tells me later that he thought he was shooting at us. He thought he noticed us. And he comes over with his rifle up, like over his head to fucking spray. And Jack just goes, pss, 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 
with his M16. Suppressed. And like, and then he's like, okay, get away from the hole. (laughs) And we just got up and left. So I didn't even have my rifle on. I didn't even have like, I had like, he just did it in the moment right there when he saw the guy raise up. Yeah. Uh, And then we, that's my man right there. And then we left and came back and there's basically no sign of the guy. But as we spent more time, I was like, is that a splat, like a red mark on the wall behind where that guy was standing? And yeah. It was, it was kind of, yeah. And it, it was one of those moments. Like, you remember playing like Call of Duty World at War? <laughs> oh God. You don't want to say this. Here we, go. Say Here we go. I'm already going to start it. I'm going to start it myself. But like, you know, in like, you know, in video games where you get a headshot and it makes like a splatter on the wall. Yeah. It's like this, it's like this where the bullet hits is red. It's, and then around it is like a halo yeah. ring of blood. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's called a pink mist. It was, it's it was that mist. exact pattern on the wall behind him. And I was like, that's a real pattern right there. Like, I don't know. The few things that will make a pink mist is a zipper. So yeah. Oh man. Pink, pink mist. Yeah. I mean, so Jack, so Jack hit him then. So you, but yeah. you guys don't know if he crawled away or if his buddies dragged him off or what. At the time, we didn't. Um, and then, and then, it, like we were sitting on the position for a few more hours. Shit's kicking off across the building. They're shooting RPGs at the other building, and we're just trying to cover as ISIS runs around on the ground. Uh, and yeah, I see a few more guys. A commander steals our kill. <laughs> um, Wow. They, but it was like 40 meters away from us. It was literally <laughs> like the street over. So like you didn't have to be a marksman. You didn't have to be a sniper to get any of these shots. You just had to be awake and with your yeah. rifle and like yeah. doing your job. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I, know. I, know. I know what you mean, bro. I know how it is. But I mean, there's no I in a team, so it's all good. Yeah. Well, they can, as, as, long, as long as people survive, man, and the bad guy doesn't, I mean, I'm all good for the results and the way of doing it. What? Okay, there's, of course, rules and laws, but I mean, other than that. That just goes to show uh, how pro Jack was, too. He just was like, yeah. he just took the shot the second he, he noticed and you guys got mm-hmm. out of there safe, and that's all that really matters is that you both of you guys got yeah, out of there. exactly. And it didn't take it's like people started coming up afterwards and like hanging out with us and like shooting their guns off. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But they're locals, and you can't like you can't like reprimand them. You're not the commander. Yeah. Uh, and people would like shoot the Bixie up there and all this. And I was like, dude, you're, you're making my spot hot right now. Can you fuck off? Um, and then, it, but it didn't take it, you know, it took them a couple hours to really catch on that we were in that building. And then, like, yeah. someone's like, oh, there's a sniper. I'm like, yeah, but he's to the north, and I got this pillar next to me, so I'll be fine. And then a bullet hits next to my <laughs> my hole, and I'm like, oh, shit. And I get up, and another one comes through, and Jack's like, yo, it's a good thing you moved, because I you think did. I would have just watched you die. <laughs> Damn. So that was, yeah. you said that those, was, like, the first Those thing. little holes. Oh, bro. And I couldn't yeah. imagine being in Raqqa, because every building, I'm sure, had little holes, like, all yeah. over it. I mean, from both from bullet holes and also people knocking holes out. Yeah, b- bullet holes. And imagine an A10 comes through and just kind of, and one little half of that spray just peppered up a building. It's now got a thousand holes in it. Yeah. That are barrel size. You don't know. Yeah. What's a yeah? And it's 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 kind of fucked up sometimes if the sun hits like on the other side of the house and all these little holes you can and you sit from in front of your scope for a while. You kind of think that there's people there and you get all. Mm-hmm. 
and start things moving. Like there are flags that, and things yeah. scraping and moving and blowing in the wind. And it that can like, mess with your head, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's probably something that would bother a lot of people. And, like, I'm sure even with, like, like people fighting in the jungles, like, I imagine, like, World mm-hmm. War II fighting in the jungles against the Japanese, they probably thought every little movement. Yep, or like, Vietnam. Yeah, or, yeah, like, exactly, or Vietnam. Every little movement. Yeah, and it's super hard, especially when you're attacking. Uh, it's t- a total disadvantage when they could be yeah. anywhere and you can only be in one spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because and by this time, outside, we would all we, Yeah. We were the offensive force by this time, though. So mm-hmm. we were attacking and, and taking like back land to the people and stuff. So yeah. it's kind of like it's really, really different. You're stepping into his his play, his field, man, and it's, it's, it's shit. Yeah, that's scary. And it's, and in, it, yeah. In two two three, we were we got to be snipers, so we didn't have to go step on landmines usually. So that was a good. Yeah. yeah. But we also went to the top of the buildings to get shot at. So <laughs> there, yeah, it's a, it's a give and take there. Yeah, I mean, we did. We took that choice as well. Me and Jack, when we were in Jezra, we were like, okay, do we want to like just go run around? And it, the thing is, they they were so stubborn sometimes when you walk in the, in the alleyway and stuff. <clears throat> you would tell the commander, please, can we not walk like range of file, you know, and so close together? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were so stubborn sometimes. They just didn't want to listen. And you're like, please, can we just start walking like maybe staggered file a little bit separated from each other? A range of file is when you walk really close to each other in a line just behind each other and walk. I mean, that's that's recipe for uh, meat grinder ID. I mean, yep. and sometimes that would be so annoying and we didn't have any control of it because we could, we, we are not going to go to a unit and tell a commander, hey, this is how you command. And he, if he didn't want to listen to the advice in the first, so we kind of decided for that as well, you know, do the the long distance medical thing. And, and it was, it was good, man. It, it fit good. Yeah. It fitted us. I'm sure that was one of the things. I mean, Jack, it kind of what I'm getting is that Jack just kind of likes to do his own thing and Jack didn't like being told what to do. So it was like, he was either in that medical unit with Farad and you guys were able to go and do your own thing. Or then it was two, two, three. And he could, you guys could still kind of just go do whatever you wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, freedom. freedom is a valuable luxury in, Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I, Dude, I usually say to people all the time, I said, listen, don't do what I'm doing, okay? I said, just do what you're doing, don't do what I'm doing. <laughs> because you're not Kurdish, bro. Like, if you're not, it's going to be hard. And Jack didn't have that problem because he spoke Kurdish. Jordan, yeah. As soon as they, they, they doubted. Yeah, but Jordan didn't speak as good as Jack, you know? Oh, well, and Jack was like, uh, no, no, Jack was like, bro, he knew how to have, like, conversations, like, normal conversations, you know, and... Jack could take control of situations, like John said. He really, and sometimes people didn't even know that either me or him could speak Kurdish. Like, sometimes when I would speak Kurdish, people would say, oh, wow, your Kurdish is so good. And I was like, what? I'm like, I'm Kurdish. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, oh, we thought you guys were Americans. And he looks at me, he's like, no, I'm British. Britannia, Britannia, no America. And, uh, you know, but both he spoke Kurdish, and that's the key to everything. Mm-hmm. If you speak Kurdish, they love it. They love it. They're like, oh, my God, this white dude is speaking Kurdish. Like, yeah. he's our dude right now, you know? Yeah, you become kind of So famous. that's like the key. But it's also, he, so, there's also a level of social, you know, prowess you kind of have to have. You can't, you have to make the right ties with people, not offend people, go have tea with this commander. And, yeah. And there are many times. Where, local local customs and stuff. Yeah. And there are many times he pulled me aside and be like, hey, I'm going to go talk to this commander and get these positions 
come with me so you can record the positions and blah 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 and you'd have to chat and have chai and do all the you know all the groundwork for yeah. for the yeah. freedoms that we had and can we just remind people how old was was jack uh 24 i think at the time 24, 24 years old yeah. and, he, and he died at 24 right yeah yeah so yeah. i mean jack was 24 years old and he was bro i mean just such a fucking legend like such a leader too it's so crazy yeah he was really he in his was, element bro. It's, that's how yeah, I good admin. That's, that's about Jordan. About Jordan, and anybody who's listening who knew Jordan is, and that's one thing that I'm always agreeing with parents too. Is like, like he was happy at home, like still, but like it just wasn't for him. And when he mm-hmm. was out there, is when he really like came to himself, and like really like everyone was like, that's like as I, bro, I've known, I knew Jordan for longer before he was in Yepage than i did while he was there and to me that completely has defined like i don't even remember old jordan like mm, at all yeah. like it's all like that's completely I mean, redefined who he is jordan was a, a front line dude it was he's like us we, we we rather be in the front lines even if it's like embrace the suck if you will yeah uh, that, that's the that's the type of thing you know mm-hmm. so i think we were more in our element out there and even if we were like oh man this is shit nothing's happening but i mean that's how it is and uh, you know we put in our time both me and Jack we we have done all that over and over again and commanders were really nice you know to us and they were like we're not gonna ask these guys to do like one hour guard when we have enough people you know they, hmm. stuff like that just because you know you, you speak guys put in team. you guys put in time bro time blood yeah. and whatever you can call it, it both of Jack got a shot in the arm uh, as well in 2015. Yeah, your bodies. 2016. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've been, yeah, bro. It's 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 just you got to do it, man. You got to work yourself up. That's what I'm saying. You got to put it in. And they know they notice it. They notice it. They keep seeing you there. John is lucky, and, and I know even you've told me this before, John. That's why I'm saying this is that you were lucky to even get into that two two three spot because of how like you like what Frat was just saying. Like you, in order to get to those positions, you had to really work and like put in the time. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I was, I just got lucky that Jack basically took me in, and I got to enjoy all the fun parts. Of... You, you were lucky I wasn't there. If I was there, you wouldn't have gotten. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you I told know, I, I told him some other shit. I told Jack all the time that I was grateful for you know everything he did, uh, and I think that would that was kind of like I'm sure you'd be like, bro, are you really thanking me for being here? <laughs> no, no, he. No, I mean, I don't want to say this it sounds fucked up, but it kind of was the best thing for you and the worst thing in some ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I that's what I mean. You know like what like it was the best thing, like the best people to be with, but in turn, like you weren't getting no uh you weren't getting training wheels for this. Yeah. You were getting fucking thrown into like the worst that the war really like the whole war yeah. had to offer. Like some yeah. some of the worst. So yo, I wanna hear some something. Now we, we came to like the one hour point and right. we usually keep it to the one hour, one hour twenty. I just wanna hear one thing. Uh, did you see when they were like uh, uh loading ISIS fighters into the bus and, and they let them go south. Can you please tell, tell us about that, bro? Because I saw it happen in Topka and I saw it happen in Shadadi as well. I mean, that is a pretty fucking annoying thing because I just, in Topka, I, I just stood there and saw like 50 ISIS dudes on cars just drive past me and mm-hmm. 
they went to Raqqa and then you guys took care of some of the guys, some of the like 80% of their dudes and then they fucking just sat in buses and went to their resort and then we took care of them there. So, I mean, did you see that, bro? I didn't see the trucks. Um, we were on the wrong front, I think, to see them. Um, yeah. And we just got the news down the line that SDF had made a deal with the last remaining ISIS. No. Okay. Let me let me just explain this this deal type of thing. I think I've said it before, and people uh, think that it, it's the SDF, like the YPG, who is saying, "Yeah, yeah." Well, okay, ISIS, you can leave. Uh, it's good. Give us the city. No, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. When when we go to a city. Uh, when we know that we have more than 50% of the city, we start to uh, collect all the elders and we make a civil council uh, from the people that lives in the city. So these are, um, are usually the people who are saying, hey, uh, they still have our families on the other side. And, you know, ISIS were like doing some fucked up shit to people. They were using the shield. They were throwing down, throwing people just randomly down from fucking roofs and shit during operations. So, I mean, of course, these people live in the city and they just want the fighting to stop and they want their families and, you know, everything back. So the coalition never wanted any, like the coalition always said, no, 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 uh, you cannot let them go. Uh, we need to keep going, keep pushing, keep fighting. Uh, but uh, we always knew that if we let them go from uh, Shadadi or whatever to uh, Mambij, Mambij, uh, Tapka, Tapka, Raka, Raka, and after that they would have nowhere to go. So pushing them further south down to the desert mm-hmm. was kind of, of a good way to uh, reorganize, uh, uh, you know, re equip and uh, starting letting people come back a little bit, you know, you know hearts and minds, and, and keep fucking pushing, man until they didn't have anywhere to go and that was what happened but i mean the one in raqqa was kind of like a little bit more special because it was the same fucking foreigners that left tapka mm-hmm. that actually left raqqa as well so they just l- l- letting the local isis fighters just fucking die like nothing and they mm-hmm. just take all the spots to, to go further and further south so i mean that's this, this shows how like fucking scum of the earth they are man and, even to their own even to I, their own bro they would execute their own sometimes like i i have a picture uh, from an old operation I mean, i've never posted it uh, we didn't even know it we were driving on a car uh, i had a gopro on <clears throat> when i got back uh, we looked through that footage on the <clears throat> sorry on the on the computer and uh, we went slow-mo and i said whoa stop and when he made the turn, the car was slowing down, and we saw uh, two ISIS bodies on the ground, dead, uh, probably by an airstrike. And then we saw another ISIS fighter with the same clothes as them, camo and shit, but he was fucking tied to a chair, and the chair had just literally just burned through him and stuff. But he was tied to that chair, and it was not a, like it was an airstrike that killed him. So they had all, like literally tied their own dude mm. on a chair before the airstrike hit them. Whoa. You know. Okay. I'm telling you, bro. They, they are like. Did you go to the? <laughs> did you go? Did you go to uh, the under the stadium? Yep, I did go to the stadium. Yo, can you? Yeah, tell did us, you see can, the the writings? Yeah. Can you tell yeah. us about the stadium, John? Like where? So you guys, you guys fought through this entire this entire battle. I mean, how long were you in Raqqa for? Yeah, uh, four months. Four oh, months, wow. and so four yeah. Raqqa was a four month long battle, and the the stadium was kind of like. That's where, like, they would have all their public executions and stuff like that. They had the jail underneath, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That I'll, was the last spot, right? I think, it, yeah, there's like a hospital. It was a hospital. Front, yeah, yeah. And then the yeah. stadium as well. Um, so can you, can you, can you explain right? it to us? What the stadium was like? Yeah. So yeah, the stadium the jails. was a fighting position as well as a, as like a compound. Um, in the top floors they had, they would have SBGs, uh, Russian rocket batteries. Right. Uh, and they cut holes in the floor and the ceilings and like into the ground, like their tunnels would go up into the third floor of this stadium Whoa. and they would hoist Damn. SPG rockets from a ton. Like, so someone could go get tunnel rockets from, you know, 500 meters away, run it through this tunnel, put it on a hoist. And then they, re they'd resupply their uh, gun up top. Got wow. And then Damn. on the basement floor of the, uh, of the stadium they had you know like a penitentiary type area for isis fighters for women for you know whoever they had a gun range where they knocked out a few walls and would shoot like pistols and ak's um they had yeah a lot of so lot weird of walking jail there. type what's that yeah it was so weird so weird walking there and like seeing all the messages people mm -hmm. that wrote on the wall and that was like their own people and you could see they were reading uh, writing shit on the walls in like so many different languages and you you would go through each cell and you would see like some russian some french and like i even saw some of course <laughs> so bunch of english like so much english english and french i think was the most foreign and russian of course uh, mm -hmm. those three were, were the, mo the most thing you saw but in the beginning of the battles like in the early stages you didn't see a lot of english and uh, and stuff you saw a lot of like you know the, the russian chechen and, and and a lot of stuff like that you know and uh, but the further we came, like south and all that, that was that that was like literally where all the the foreigners were hiding and stuff. So it just came more and more clear. We we found like you know Swedish diaries and English diaries and like it's so weird, bro. It's so weird. It's it's so fucking all over. <laughs> yeah. Was it's, it's, was yeah. was going to that stadium like you think one of the more prolific parts of your trip? Mm, to um, be honest, I no. Like that kind of symbolism wasn't impactful to me. Yeah. I think more walking the streets uh, without, you know, just like in the middle of the street, not worried about ISIS. That was a lot more, you know, crazy experience. For me. It is nice. I, I, yeah, I like that. I like the liberations and stuff of the cities. You walk there and you're like, oof, okay, you don't, you don't get too complacent either, but you're still walking mm -hmm. without somebody's sniping you in the head and it's it's fucking beautiful bro and you see all these little kids it's like hey and you think they want candy bro they come to you running hey hey cigarette cigarette and you're like what um you're what? six you just you're 10 years old boy you want cigarettes and then he's like no 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 to my father to my father yeah, his yeah. father you know they, they're too fucking lazy he's tell us because they know we like super we we like children and we give them food when they ask and stuff you know so he's like hey go tell those foreigners we want cigarettes <laughs> So I mean the celebration in in, in the stadium. That must have been a uh, nice man. That must have been a nice thing sitting there seeing all the forces that been in the fight actually just being in there. We could do we could do three episodes on Rocco like a lot. Yeah. This is all like yeah, a, but I mean there's a lot there's a lot that like went down between like from you and and Jack getting in that and 
and Jack shooting that guy. Of course. And, of course. And, and you guys being in the stadium. I mean, that's so much. Yeah, yeah. So much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's too much to cover. And I mean. But yeah. I, and, and it's like it's like I know that for Jack the the stadium was a pretty big deal for him because even even when I had talked I had spoken to Jack <clears throat> after Jordan died I I wanted to keep I wanted to keep tabs on all of his friends obviously mm-hmm. and so I started talking to Jack and uh, I was talking to Jack like off and on when you guys were around each other but I didn't know you at the mm-hmm. time but. Uh, Jack was always like really, really cool to me. And he told me, I, I just know he told me one night we were, we were talking and he said that like, for me, he's like, I, I want to see the stadium. I want to see Raka through. And yeah. once Raka is through, then I'm done. Hmm. And yeah. 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 Oh, he said the same thing to me, bro. We were talking a lot too. So that's one he of said the, he's going home. That's one of the things that really fucks me up about Jack and that you had to unfortunately experience there is that Jack was to being done when he was killed. Yeah, and he, I mean, he dragged us through four months of fighting with not a single injury on our team. Uh, and we probably That's went out good. more than most other teams. Like, we weren't, you know, probing for mines, but we were still taking contact. Yeah, um, you guys yeah. were taking contact all the time. And Jack went through, got through the whole thing unscathed. And I remember even talking to him towards the end of Raka, and he was like, he was like, yeah, like, I, like it's fucking, like, I'm like, I'm now I got to, now I got to worry about the home life. Like, now I got to worry about, what it's going to be like when I get back. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. He, no, but we were supposed to come back, bro. It was not, we knew it was not over. We were supposed to come back. We were supposed to all meet up in Amsterdam and uh, rest and then come back. That was the plan. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is, man. You know, we are, we are soldiers, warriors. If you keep doing this job, it's, you know, some, it's always, it's, it's going to end two ways. You know, either you die or, you don't or you get all fucked up you know so I've, uh, I've, uh, to, uh, to our friends you know i'm sorry to our friends you know may they rest in peace man just saying that yeah they gave all for all of us you know and there's a lot of people that we all know i mean you guys have more friends than i but i mean i've lost i mean through through jordan i, I met several people and i'm jack you john i mean i met, met a bunch of people and um you know, I met people at Jordan's funeral uh, th- that went back and got killed. You know, Jake, um, Jake Clips, Clips. How do you say Jake's last name? Jake I'm went. Not, I'm Jake, not sure. I never Jake, Jake, Jake went yeah. back and didn't make I'm it back. Jake, and yeah. you know, yeah. it's we've all we've all made all these friends and stuff, and it's really fucked up because this is kind of like a niche like thing. You know, like there's not a whole lot of people that relate to this. I mean, I have. I have friends all the time who are asking me all about this subject and stuff. And it's really hard for, I mean, even for me to like, I can't even, it's like, I don't know how to explain all this to you, man. Like there's just a lot. There's just a lot. And, uh, yeah, I want to know, I want to know myself, man. Like I've, I've, I've heard stories. What, what eventually took Jack? Because I want to know for myself. And I want, it was an IED. Yep. It was an ID, bro. It was a, a left behind uh, ISIS explosive that we didn't want to like just leave on the side of the road for someone, some kid to find. Because people were I mean, starting to return. Yeah. And to be honest, we probably should have if we wanted Jack to be here. But um, 
Well, that's just he, the thing about Jack is he is he was like all. I mean, I don't really know, but I'm sure he was just like all just like I got this. Yeah, he, and he was especially confident, and he had you know dealt with you know many of them before, and uh, and he goes you know what's the I remember I remember there was a point in my mind where we were talking about going and getting rid of it, and uh, and I go. You know, it's what if there's an 80% chance it's okay, but there's 20% chance it's not. And if it's not, you know, it's going to be pretty fatal if it doesn't go well. It's Um, a big, big bomb. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like, what's, you know, one out of 11 chance that, you know, this one gets or whatever it is. And I started to think about it and I was like, would I, would I take that risk? And I go, yeah, yeah, I would. And it's just fucked up. It's just our way of thinking was fucked up and our way of going living every day getting shot at and throwing grenades or whatever else you start to you get lax yeah. in you, how you treat your own yeah. life and how you yeah how you yourself true. you probably indirectly i mean not on purpose it's not like you're like i'm invincible but you probably indirectly feel like you're invincible because you go through all that shit without mm-hmm. having anything happen to you and you see all this stuff happening to people around you so maybe subconsciously you get this comp this like false confidence yeah, and it's like someone who's like a tight rope walker. I use this analogy, and I thought it was kind of clever. Um, someone who's a tight rope walker, you know, on either side of a tight rope, there's death, basically. And you, if you, as long as you walk the line, you're okay. But you know, most of it, 95, 96, you know, maybe ninety nine percent of all the area you could step on is death. Um, but to a tight rope walker, it's just one step, yep. and you get used to that. And but you know. I mean, there's a saying where they say the good die young and God has a plan for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Our life is already written somewhere and uh, we just can, you know, you know, celebrate uh, his life, how he was, who he was, you know, getting into the details of what happened and how he died. I mean, it's uh, it's irrelevant by now, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just like. You were there, you went to the like the celebrations and all this happened. And how long did you have to wait to, to like, when you decided to leave and all that stuff, how long did you have to wait like to, to get out of the country? Oh, um, so did was, you have a long run? Did you have a long no, run? No, I had a short run very short one run. So I got to the academy. Well, well you had I, to make it to, to Jack's funeral. So it was kind of like a, you had to get out of there, right? Well, no, I had time. It was like months and months away. Um, So I get to the academy and I like pull my shit out. I've got all my bags open. I go take a shower. I come out. And then the academy people come out. Zanar, they pull me into the room and they're like, okay, get your things up while you're leaving. One hour. (laughs) What? One hour? Normally it takes like two weeks to fucking go to the store. Like, why why do I leave in one hour? Um, And like... (laughs) And they're like, put get your bags ready and don't put any, you know, ice and stuff in there. We know what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm literally packing, like, all my things that I've had for seven months and, like, trying to, you know, decide what to leave and what to take. Yeah. And I've got all these issues, like, oh, I haven't converted my cash or blah, blah, blah. And I haven't gotten this dealt with. And, like, oh, just no time, no time. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It's okay, Haval. When you go there, you're going to sit in a house again. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, you're not going to a store anyway. Yeah. So you don't need money. <laughs> so all I got to is like smuggle out with me were patches. I didn't have any ISIS flags and any rings and have anything crazy. I didn't even, we had an ISIS backpack that Jack grabbed for me. Um, and I didn't take that. Well, I've been so lucky with that. So yeah, and now yeah. that I think about it, I should have like sewn the flag I had into a blanket or something. Jordan, I did. Bro, I'm confused because Jordan came home from his first trip. He came home with all that. He came yeah. home. He came home to my house and he busted out a backpack with a flag. He had like this headband that had blood all over it and shit. Yeah. So the head. situation changed in the routes. Remember when we were talking about yeah. walking over? Oh. And the KRG kind of catch on a little more or less. In the you know along the timeline and if you get caught with any isis shit then you just go straight to jail they don't care if you're isis or you're fighting them or whatever uh, yeah. so if you're the one guy in the truck with isis shit on everyone else knows that they're in jail because of you yeah <laughs> and i didn't want to be yeah. that guy um man i never gave a shit i was always that guy. i was like <laughs> fuck you don't sit in my car now. <laughs> no. you know what you know what the deal was i i'm like the deal with me was i always said to, uh, to the guys at the academy when I left with the academy and I only only did that twice every time I left I said please don't don't squeeze us in a car uh, four or five dudes and everybody is from a different country I said come on they will like and yeah we were lucky there like I, I've never been stopped or never been got caught uh, but it's just weird, bro. I, every time people get caught and it's always like how many were they are oh, they were like six guys and so there were six guys. What do you mean? Like all the volunteers? They're like, yeah. I was like, dude, wow. Like this is literally 2017. They, the KRG, like the people there have caught up with it. They know, you know. So it's like for the record, for people who don't know, you're not allowed to be there fighting in Syria. So when you try and cross back over the border, they're like, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. Because our <laughs> visas are finished as well. Like we have a 30 day visa, and then all of a sudden you cross the border, and you, some dude stops you in Iraq, and he's like, "Dude, where the fuck have you been the last eight months?" <laughs> it, you know, they, they always did that, bro. When I got like to where we were supposed to do our passports and the airports, like in Europe, they looked. They were like, well, "What have you done in Iraq?" I was like, "Yeah, I was at my family's house." He's like, "But it's you had a visa for 30 days, and seven months after you you got a stamp. How?" how did you get that stamp without a visa? I was like, no, no, no. We're working with NGOs and stuff like that. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> they're like fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's just the, the guys that are in the checkpoints, they're either bride paid or they just too fucking lazy. They don't look, they just look all oh, cars with foreigners. Oh, okay. Maybe reporters fuck out of here because it's a hot area. All that, that road, it's like foreigners traveling on that road every day. Yeah. It's not, it's not a road where they're like, Oh, nobody's here. You see a white dude. Everybody's like, Oh, my god a white dude you know no mm -hmm. there's a lot of people reporters that take that road you know so they could uh, it would went it went well in the beginning but then pff, the last like year and stuff man it's been messed up so it's yeah. not the same you know so if you're listening out there and you want you you are like thinking of joining and i don't know which way which route who you're talking to don't ask us we are not recruiters uh, it's just the, the the consensus from us is don't 
Yeah, don't go. <laughs> They're like, I would no, I, I don't even answer people because I would never tell you to go. I would never tell you to do anything of this. It, it may be illegal for me to tell you to go do this. Yeah. I would no, I would refuse. You you figure all of that up by yourself. If you have some questions, Yo. you write them to me. You write them to me. I may say yeah and something, but in, in the end can, of the day, these guys can figure it yeah. out. You can figure it out. That's basically yeah. It. But in the end of the day, if you make it and if you want to go there and if you do all this stuff. Man, be be prepared to fucking lose everything. Yeah. Like even even if you don't get to shoot your weapon and see any fights, like bro, it happens eighty percent. Bro, it's been it's it's eighty percent of the people that's gone there. Like okay, not eighty, maybe seventy, and they're like super hungry. Oh, we want to fight. We want to go to the front lines. <sighs> Never actually see a fight. Yeah. You know. And now the situation has changed, as Grady said. Like in UK, they they arrested our our uh, our Haval's family. Like literally, uh, his brother and his mother, his mother, no, his father, his, father. his brother, and and they said that like he's sponsoring terrorism and stuff. How is he sponsoring terrorism? He just sent some money to his 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 son, man. Who's there? For it's like the it, it's like it's like you PayPal me now. Uh, 20 bucks you're from uk you paypal me to win some raffle or i'm telling you maybe okay we this is the paypal for hey Vasor, and you don't actually send it to me personally but i told you to send money so they're supposed to fucking arrest you and say you're supporting terrorism because it's, it's just weird they are actually uh, special forces from uk there that were literally fighting alongside us like mm -hmm. not like shoulder to shoulder shooting weapon but they, they're there so how can they arrest them so i mean the politics is like super important right now if you don't know where your country stands on this situation you, you better fucking find out before you take that journey because there's a lot of our friends now that will that don't even go home anymore they cannot even see their families in their home countries man because they do went and wanted to do something good and their government is treating them like shit. I mean, and mm -hmm. this stuff isn't just left behind once you leave there. I mean, you guys have reporters hitting you up and shit. I mean, John, you got fucking reporters saying wrong shit about you. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, it's like... It, it's, yeah, it happened to us all. It happened to us all, bro. It's, it's a part of a, a media propaganda type of internet troll, whatever thing, you know, think tube, whatever people call it, think tank, whatever. It's, it's just too much, man. It's just... You know, so we gotta just, like stay out of that shit. That's not what we do, you know. So yeah, fuck that noise. So we're coming in to eighty minutes, and I just like kind of want to say to my bro, you know, I miss you, man. I haven't seen you for a while, mm -hmm. and I'm really appreciated that you came and guested us on our shitty ass podcast. <laughs> and uh, thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, it John. A, I mean, I, me and John talk every day. Yeah. Me and Farad talk every day. We've spoken yeah. about doing this for a while, and John has a lot more stories to tell. Um, he's got a book. Uh, there's no a set date or anything like that, right? It's, you're just no, it's in no. it's in it's in the works. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we cannot dig too much, and I, and I literally ask details because it's it's you it's know coming out. he's doing his you'll, he's doing his thing, and you know. you'll get the more more stories, and um, I think we should definitely like have John on in the future too. Cause, yeah, yeah, of course, of know. course, we will, and we will try to sort out this still webcam thing. Yeah, because I cannot see you, and it's super annoying. We're we're yeah. working on it, guys. We Farat and I are both on a budget. I mean, we both have lives still, so like. I I have to figure out we have to both figure out a way that we can record this 
and yeah. efficiently and see each other and ideally we'd like to be face to face but it's just not possible right now so no <laughs> so i think that's kind of like what we would want to hear if i was sitting taking a drinking a beer with john somewhere you know i, I wouldn't want to drink a beer and him talking for 15 hours I we mean, don't want an hour you know? hey, <laughs> that's good we, we, we just want to, we just want a little tease john we'll get some more uh, from yeah, you soon. yeah <laughs> so we have a guest set up for the for the next episode as well i'm not going to say who it is it's not something like that because i want to make sure we want to make cool. sure it's good but i'm excited as yeah well. and uh, we will talk about the the creation of the tactical medical unit the how it started and and who started it and how we did it and what we went through for people to mess it up <laughs> coming up next fucking, yeah exactly one man made a unit 10 people destroyed it. you know what i'm saying <laughs> all right boys so so thank you so much guys for coming in it's been a good episode i love it thank you so much thank you for thank having you me. so much and i'm john i'm glad I'm we're here Dishwar. talking and i wish we were closer and hung out more and it's kind of hard being yeah. half the world away from all my boys yeah but, yeah it is it is it is and you know keeping pretty pretty boy you're only like 30 minutes away from me you fucker that's true but i mean <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean. it is what it is but good night everybody hey. god bless you all take good care of each other okay my boy john for out let's good go play, let's go play some games boys <laughs> <laughs> later guys take care of each other god bless you all See ya. thank you thank you bye peace